Welcome to Packet Pushers Heavy Networking. In today's sponsored show, Coda Lime is diving into success stories from working with their customers on custom software development for software-defined infrastructure. Now, Coda Lime has a specific focus on network engineering. That is, they do custom software development for their clients with a focus around network engineering. Now, on Packet Pushers, we've talked lots about NetOps and developing code for your organizations. And many of you know the first steps are often difficult or take an extended amount of time. Or in the second phase, after you've pro- you know proven that coding is useful to the organization, all of a sudden the scope starts to get a lot larger, you get more ambitious, and then you realize you need some help. There's some ways you might want to hire more people, but you might also want to turn to an organization who helps you get through the first phase of the coding. And that's what Code Alarm does. One way to handle this increase in scale and reduce the time to value is to partner with a company that's done it before, keeps the right people around, knows how it's done. And Code Alarm has deep expertise on networking and network management, network monitoring, and network visibility tools. Code Alarm has an in-house code team for developing customization and integration to other tools, including open source tools and a range of various forms of customizations and enhancements from simple activities like customizing a Grafana dashboard to integrating multiple SDN platforms to actually become your network automation platform. And they work both open sourced and closed as well. So not just locked into one particular vendor, they're across the spectrum. So in today's show, we aren't talking about products and technologies. We're discussing customer use cases and the projects that Codalime has delivered and what they've been able to deliver with their custom development work. So thanks very much for joining us today, Monica. Uh, Monica is the head of research and development code Lime, and editor is a senior project manager, willing victims on the line at Packet Pushes. Why don't we get straight into, let's do the pitch on code Lime again from your point of view. What is it that you tell customers about who is code Lime and what do you do? All right, <clears throat> so code Lime is a service provider in the networking space. Uh, we've been providing expertise in the areas such as SDN, NFD, SD1, IP, MPLS, and network monitoring since, since 2011, I think. We are also one of the main tungsten fabric contributors and a Linux Foundation member. So I think currently we have more than 200 network, software, and DevOps engineers on board. Uh, we cooperate with networking hardware and software providers and telecoms uh, in the US, Japan, uh, Israel, and Europe. Our portfolio of clients includes tech startups and big players, and the most often it is long-term engagement with our clients. So in a nutshell, we are a service provider. We don't develop our own product but we provide expertise and tech teams to our clients to help them build, develop, and integrate their solution. For example, we work with network monitoring solution providers to help them design and build an effective and user-friendly visualization of network topology and network monitoring data. What else can we do will be covered during this podcast. Okay. I think a couple of takeaways that I got from that is one is that you're you're doing software development for vendors, as well as enterprises, as well as service providers. So you're actually already a well-established company and you're right across the market. Is that correct? Yes. So you're not you know, like somebody who's just got a couple of developers out in the back room. I've got this idea that you're pretty well-established in the organization 
and you've got a substantial portfolio that if you wanted to hear more information, you could contact you and you could point fingers at customers that you've worked with in the same sort of categories. Yes, of course, we can do that. All right. So let's start off the discussion and sort of talk about how CodeLime works and what you can bring to a potential client. And that's what we want to talk about is how you engage with customers and what sort of problems that you're solving. And that's the discussion we talk about. And I think the first part is uh, something that Ethan and I have talked about on Packet Pushes uh, a lot, which is this evolution towards ever more complicated networks. We have, you know, the old days of just having routers and switches and then dedicated point-to-point circuits is pretty much gone five to 10 years ago. Now we have SD-WANs, we have software-defined campuses, we have, you know, data centers with multiple SDN systems, and then we have cloud. We've got this whole complexity going on and you're sort of working with customers in helping them to manage that. Yes. So basically, if you just mentioned the network monitoring and all management system, that is true that what is happening is like moving things around. So there's not like just a simple, I would say, underlayer. layer. So yeah, just like you said, we have not only routers or switches or firewalls, but we have SDNs, we have VMs, we have DCs, we have clouds, mm-hmm. both on-prem and public, and it's all, it's mixed and matched together just to provide the solutions. So yeah, it's it's happening, right? So what what we were what we are actually doing is that we see that nowadays uh, monitoring is like a broad subject. This is something that that it's happening, and as you as you note as you said, it is happening, right? Mm. So we, we're not going to discuss why, why the monitoring of that such of such let's say uh, a construction like we have the the the. The network nowadays is important because I assume everyone knows here it's it's kind of important. And mm. the monitoring of that network is actually a key to your business. You have to know what's going on and you have to know what's 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 in the network, like I would say. So so you have to just be prepared for uh, for knowing what's happening. So you must be uh, you must be prepared in 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 like two options. First, if something is happening, you, you just need to know, know it immediately before it hits your client. The yeah. other way is something that you have to prevent for the future, because if you have growing network demands or, I don't know, bandwidth demand or resource demand, you have to predict it like quite quite fast just to know that you have to upgrade. And as long as for the public clouds, it's imminent. For the yeah. underlay, is, it's a process. <laughs> so this is, this is kind of the story um, that we see a lot coming out now where, uh, the challenge that I think many people have is they've got lots of networks. Once upon a time, you had a WAN or your campus or a wireless, and they were just discrete and separate, whereas now they're very much meshing together. And you might have a an MPLS WAN, and now you've got an SD WAN, and now you've got a remote access WAN, and you've got a you know all these things. And I think we're seeing this switch to having visibility and monitoring and analytics to try and stitch the network together. Is that right? Is that what I'm sort of hearing? Yes, that, that is exactly the case, because when you have such a dispersed network, it's geographically dispersed, it's different uh, different solutions, different hardware devices, different so- software solutions, you have to be able to see it as a whole. And the, the question that comes to mind is actually, what do we actually want to monitor? When do we want to monitor? What's it's missing? What we should focus on? Is it the control plane? What do we see from the management perspective? What's happening on the data plane? What layer am I exactly talking about? So the problem now is, or rather the challenge is that you have to look at all layers at the same time 
where mm. some things being in the public cloud are somewhere. You don't even exactly know where. So Monica, one of the things you, you mentioned earlier as we were talking about monitoring is you need to know when something's happening and then you just gave us all the different layers where things might be happening. Can you drill into that more concretely? Because we're not talking about red light, green light, and circuits going up or down. That That's very tedious and obvious kind of stuff. G- give us some examples of some of the more nuanced, uh, more detailed sort of things that might be happening that we might care about and need to make some adjustments because of. Yeah, so, so right. The, the, what you said is very easy, right? So we have, what we had was like router switches, like, I don't know, simple point-to-point connection. So when the connection is down, you just know it. But now you, we are talking on all, of all over the top, right? Over the services that runs in overlay that you have the DC somewhere and you have your workloads again somewhere. Those are DVMs or containers or whatever you are using. And suddenly your service doesn't work. And what, what do you see? Because only thing you, you can see from the, from the point of view of the service is it doesn't work. But is it actually the network connection, like the physical one? Is it the, the node that, that failed? Is it the SDN, so the overlay network in the DC, or maybe just the SDN that is working, uh, that, that is working on the machine? So it's not that easy anymore to depict the difference. So we just have to dig and we have to go through all the layers from the underlay, so the transport yeah. layer, towards this, <laughs> this application layer. So where the problem is, you just have to really know where it is. Yeah, it's so far beyond now, simply that that physical layer that that we all know and love as network engineers. Now it's this layers stack providing all of these different services, which, I mean, isn't, depending on the kind of network you operate, admittedly, that's not new. We've had that with MPLS and Layer 3 VPN and so on for a long time, but it's becoming everywhere now with, uh, with overlays becoming, even in the data center where you have to be able to deal with that kind of stuff. And so being able to monitor so that you can get right to the root of why you can't connect to the thing is is critical. I think you're making a great point there. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking because the other the other thing is then the the old days. It doesn't sound nice, but I would say the old days. What we were seeing is that they were people that were doing some kind of deployments. They already knew where this stuff is, so they put their device, the they put their connections, and they exactly knew what's happening. Now, with the automation in place. Those things things tend to do themselves, right? You don't really know where they are. Mm. That's more complicated to monitor because first you have to check where you have your things, then what's happening, and then try to figure out what the problem is. So, Dina, I want to throw to you, you're in the project manager and you're more of turning this into reality. When you're working with a customer and they sort of say, I want to monitor the network, how do you turn that into action then? We've all said we want to monitor the network and everything's complex. If I was a customer and talking to you, what's the sort of steps that you would take to break down this project into something that you could start working on? And, you know, when we engage Code Alarm to do some work. So uh, first, what we need to do is to analyze uh, the environment of the customer. So as Monika already said, uh, today's environments are very complex and differentiated. So uh, we have a mix of bare metal, on-prem solutions, all data centers, private and public clouds, and everything is joined together. So additionally, automation, orchestration, SDNs, that can help to build the environment, but uh, the same at the same time, it complicates even more the entire monitoring process and its visualization. So first thing we need to do is to analyze what the customer already have. The most yes. probably he will have few monitoring tools already. 
it won't cover the whole view, but he monitors some parts of his system. Mm. Uh, in this case, we can uh, propose few different solutions. First of all, such customer can replace all tools with the new one that enable him to monitor or heterogeneous environment. Mm. Such new monitoring solutions are available on the market, but companies are usually not willing to replace existing and battle-proven tools. Mm. So he can use already existing platform that will serve both as an integrator and aggregator for metric from various sources. Uh, it should be open solution with public REST API and or plugin framework. Or we can create dedicated solution for this client. Uh, this solution will aggregate data from other monitoring tools, uh, adapter for network devices, collecting data via SNMP, via SSH, etc. Right. So you'd sort of start by looking at what they've got and then determining with the client if that's going to work out. You know, do they want to keep it? Do they want to ditch it? Are they willing to ditch yeah. it? Exactly. You know, and then... It's it's one of those difficult things. A whole professional services engagement is always a, a give and take. It's not, you know, just one thing. And that whole process of saying, well, I've got this management tool, but I don't really like it. And I've got this management tool. This is one I want to keep. You know, another one of my favorite ones is we paid a lot of money for this one, so we have to keep it, which is exactly. always, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Let's be honest, all, look, all, all of us, we look at the S cost. If you paid a lot of money for something, you just won't throw it away because you, you realize you don't like it. You just have I'm to make one, it work. Yeah, I'm one of those that people where if it costs... The reports, you know. <laughs> honestly, when it comes to network monitoring, I'm sort of, I sort of look at these tools and the more it costs, the worse it probably is, you know, because it was built in a different, in an old times. Most modern monitoring solutions are really quite cost effective. And... Um, they're not a huge money these days compared to where they were. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting about working with Coda Lime is that you are willing to do software development. So once we've engaged and done the analysis, you're willing to actually write a custom engagement to write software. Now, I kind of imagine this is where, let's say I've got a software management tool like you know VMware and over here I've got a Cisco management tool and over here I've got some Oracle systems, you know, whatever, and now I want to bring them together. I want to unify the monitoring into one thing. How do you go about defining a custom engagement like that? Because I think that's not something everybody's done. Yes, this is something that, that we also can do. And we, we basically do right for our customers. Because what you said is really a really common use case. People or our customers, they have different monitoring tools for different parts of their of, of their environment. And obviously, those tools first, this is what we said, they were already paid for and they are working. The second, they are or they are also management tools, so they will be there and they will stay for a while at least. So they don't want to resign from them. And they also bring some value for the engineers because those engineers can look at them and can use them to, to get the information they need. But still, if mm -hmm. we are talking about different solutions, they only rely to a different parts of the network. And you don't really have this holistic view of the network. So what we do for our customers, we can provide, I would say, a cup. It's not maybe the best the best word, but some kind of cup. So integration of all of those tools to put another mm. layer on top that will gather the data, that would create a solution that would, would, would let's say, take all of them 
provide the data from them and just present them at one, I would say, uh, UI. The, the other idea is, is completely different, how to, how to present those data, how to make, make those yeah. data visible, visible and valuable. I'm pretty sure that Edita can say a lot more <laughs> than me about that. <laughs> oh, yes. Monitoring data visualization is something what, what I re really, really like. So mm. I, I will jump in. Uh, and in this case, we can start for, I like uh, the idea. Is there one reliable indicator of the performance of your environment? Of your environment? Can you imagine one? Something that you can assign a smiling face or a set face. Something like, I think, updates in APM. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, yes, why not? Because you can yeah. create a complex KPI. But if you consider carefully, carefully, you will quickly come to conclusion that who will be using something like that? Only managers and business users. Because uh, they need to put that into report. And they need to determine quickly whether the environment is performing well or poorly. That's it. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. That, that answers nothing more. So if you want to gain a real insight into what is happening in your, in your network, uh, many more indicators or metrics uh, are needed, such as latency. Are we under 100 milliseconds? Packet loss. Yeah. Bandwidth versus throughput. What is effective usage of our bandwidth? Jitter, what disrupts our packet flow, availability, connectivity, traffic, ingress, egress, etc., etc. So this brings us to the next question, what is the best way to visualize that? Uh, of course, any time serial data, we can visualize using different types of charts. Line, hmm. area, bar, stack bar, etc., etc. This is classic approach. Right. You can use something more fancy, like matrix show your latency on the matrix. So okay. this all sounds like user experience or user interface design. You're not just coding things up. You're actually getting into the details of a user interface design here. Yes, yes, of course. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we have actually a dedicated user, user experience team that does those analysis and they provide their input, obviously very valuable. Hmm. And then we have the UI team that does the, the whole the whole front end. It's not only the back end, it's not only integration, integrating data, but also showing them to our customers. Yeah, yeah so, user experience is more than just looking pretty too, by the way, it's actually- oh, It's not only the visual components like visual widgets, it's uh, hmm. design the flow for the user. Uh, try to make any integration like one-click integration. Use your data metadata, meaning if mm. you can automate something for the user, do it. You mm. already have that information in your inventory, just use it. Yeah. Everything like that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. It's not just a color scheme, it's actually things like workflow and how do people see things and the way oh. things are, it's weird. I, the, way, the best way I've ever described user interface is there's a big difference between a newspaper and a magazine. And one of them is sort of the same format all the time. And a magazine is carefully designed each time to be as impactful as possible. And that's the difference, I think, sometimes. Or it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, at least. Yeah, I would I would, I, I would probably agree, although I'm the, mm. rather the, the newspaper type of person. But, but obviously, obviously you're right. So from my perspective, what we are talking about from the user experience is just what, what Edita said. So we have to think what kind of information we will present to our user. They don't want to have 1,000 KPIs. They will say nothing. 
they yep. need to have carefully crafted number of KPIs that actually provide yeah. the valuable information. That's so it. it's not one KPI and it's not thousand KPIs. If you have thousand others before your eyes, you will see nothing. You start yeah, looking right. over them right. in a sh one minute, two minutes, and then you are done. So what you would like to have, you would like to have the main metrics, uh, possibly a dashboard separating, let's say, your staging environment from your production environment. You don't want to mix yeah. the data. Mm -hmm. But also, it would be perfect if your tool would tell you, okay, your failure was caused the most probably because of that. So we've got some fault domain isolation or root cause analysis included. Then you are in perfect world. Right. So it sounds to me like Codaline is also bringing their expertise as networking people to the software development process. So you're not just saying, yeah, yeah, we're software developers. You're actually saying we know networking and we can write code against that expertise. And that's part of what makes you different. Yeah, I think that our expertise or our strength is because we not, I, I would like to sound bad, but we just not do stuff. We Our main focus is to that we understand what, what is needed. We understand the network. We know the great network from, from the grounds up, right? So we have the experience. So we also know the challenges and we we understand the needs. So we try to solve the, the problems and meet the needs rather than just do the tools that will show data. So this is something that we, we treat as our base. So we, we solve problems. We, we visualize right. data. I want to ask a weird question because I understand that you solve problems. What happens if the customer doesn't actually know what the problem is? Like they're not, a lot of times people say, I know it's broken, but I don't, or I've got something wrong, but I don't actually know how to fix it. How do you, are you able to attack that in some way? Uh, yes. Uh Again, we say yes, but yes, troubleshooting and doing uh, doing all kind of analysis, that's also something that we do. This is what also Edita said at the beginning. We start with the analysis because we just don't do we just don't do things because we, because we are asked to. Mm. We, we must understand what we are doing. So we do analysis, we check, we, we verify, we discuss, we ask a question. Then we discuss again. And then we propose a solution we, which we will implement. It's a, it's a long process. It's not very fast. But to meet the requirements, to meet the needs, to actually solve the problem, we need to dig into, the, into the, it and understand it first. Mm. So let's talk about uh, some example engagements. We've been, what we wanted to do to try and bring out the idea here, as well as to give people useful things to, to take away from listening to the discussion is how do, you, how do you engage a customer when the engineer says, I need to deep dive into the network. I don't just want a high level view of red green because I could have done that myself. How would Codalime then engage to say, to do something deeper in the network? Okay, so so we 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 have our let's say we have some experience, and if you can imagine that you have a customer that, for example, said, "All right, we've been thinking, and we have just chosen one one tool for the monitoring. It seems we like it. It meets our requirements. It ha it has the required functionality. So we just want to do it. And we actually hmm. have this. We, we come for 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 the situation that they say, "Okay, this is what we have. This is what we want." But we have a problem because the, the tool which we've chosen doesn't really support all we have in the network. Even if we have, they, they had a network, which is fine, which is working. It has some legacy devices, but 
they are working. Again, changing them, it's cost and it's completely unnecessary and it's a long process, investment, unnecessary risk, so it will stay. And they say, we have a choice. We either start with what we have, with what we were using up till now, but without the required functionality, or we will bring the new tool but we will some of the of the of the vision of the of, of our monitoring uh, expertise because we will not include all the all the devices we have and this is what they have they have the choice and what we are saying is neither of the choices is good because what you mm. should do you should have the new tool with all the devices and all the systems included in there so what we are proposing to such customer in in such cases is that okay this is this is a nice tool. We can integrate with it. We can we can write you a sort of adapters that will will talk with the with the old fashioned with the legacy boxes. We will use like normal stuff for date like SNMP or a Sage even to get the data. <laughs> so we will write the adapter. We will contact with that boxes. We will get the data and we'll put it into your new tool. So you still have this one hundred percent percent garbage so this is this is something what we said do not sacrifice your needs because you just don't have something from from day one or from day zero this is something that we normally help with monica you've said tools uh several times can you give us an example of the kind of tools we're talking about we talk about like open source stuff like uh prometheus and grafana and these sorts of things that can help with visualizations or things they might have invested in that they bought from a vendor what are we talking about here Actually, we we took both, right? But nowadays, let's be honest, there are there are many companies who are interested in open source tools. So that means that that we work with them. We work with those 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 graphical interface tools, those systems that gather the data. We use message bus buses if this is necessary. But we can also work with with closed source tools, so with the vendors, just to provide the functional functionality that is missing at the moment and it's not covered by the tool. So we can do both. So so part of the challenge then is you're needing to take data from whatever the data source is that doesn't fit day one. And you're going to take data from that device via, I, I was laughing when you said, you know, normal, like SNMP or something. You're going to then take that data via that normal method, normalize it into something that the tool can ingest, and effectively you've made a, you've made a bolt-on. You've added a feature to that tool that they want to use, that they can see everything that's in the network. Yes, that's the call because you, you well we all know that now we are talking via the APIs and the legacy stuff it's not really API ready so you have to make some middleware something in between that will just do translation from one to the other. So is your middleware typically a, an API approach where you'll fetch via the the legacy method and then present an API on the other side or that that would be the, the I would say the normal approach because with the the most of the systems we work with they just use API on the input side so this is what we provide. Got it. Sure. Yeah, that that does seem to be the way, and, and increasingly, um, well, I guess network engineers in this case maybe don't have to care that you've presented an API, but network engineering as a discipline is becoming increasingly familiar with how to read API documentation, how to understand the data set that's coming back from the API when you do a given call, and that's a normal part of network engineering operations these days. So that that seems to fit well with uh, with what folks are doing in modern environments. I would hope so, yes. <laughs> You would hope so. But, <laughs> it's, well, it isn't a given, is it, Greg? I mean, there's still a lot of folks stuck in the past 
What do you mean, SNMP is legacy? By golly, yeah. it's the best ever, I thought. I know, AmRTG and Kaxi and all those stuff, they look nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're useful and they, they're quick, and you get a quick win from deploying those low complexity. Yeah. You get a high value from getting it done, and it doesn't take much to get a system deployed. But what about things like configuration drift? What about, like, thresholds are fine, except what you really want to know is, is this threshold passed for the 15th time today? You didn't really care on the previous 14. You actually need some sort of intelligence. And, and passing the threshold might not necessarily be bad if the database is under load because it's the end of the month run. So there's there's much more complexity that can be put into these systems. And a lot of the time series databases, as opposed to you know graph databases or other systems, you really want to start doing correlation. And this is one of the areas where I think is really important, where you have a you know, SD-WAN platform over here and a data center platform over here and a cloud, multi-cloud network thing or a cloud system. What you really need to be doing is correlating them together so that if something happens in one, are you seeing impacts in the other? Is that something that you see asked for a lot? Uh, yes, it's happening because nowadays, I am sure that I can add more to, to, those, uh, to, 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 to this, but this is something that's happening. You need, because what you're sick, what you're really sick is not the data, you just seek information. So if something is wrong on it, some threshold is crossed or something has flipped for the, for the I don't know, 100th time this day, you should know about it. And most probably you also would like to know the reason for it. But at mm. least you should, you should understand and you should be warned that there, there's something weird, something unexpected happening. And this is your warning. Take a look at it. I don't know. Probably I can add more to that. That can be a possible root cause. That can be competing root causes. And in this case, user, I suppose, would like also to know what events or alerts were correlated and uh, our module responsible for anomaly detection said, okay, possibly this is your problem. So he would like to know uh, what way we got the answer, plus if uh, there's uh, any other data or information we can use, uh, like maybe device log. How does, how does cloud fit into this? Because it feels like the context of this has mostly been devices that we own, things in data centers and colos and whatever that we operate. But cloud networking is also complex and needs data normalization and needs inclusion in the overall system. Do you deal with that at all? Um, yes, of course. From from our perspective, we, we treat cloud and cloud workloads on any cloud. By any, I mean private and public as a normal workload. So as an as, as a normal, I wouldn't say device, that would be not the, the right word, but but this is something that we also monitor. And from, from, from our perspective, if you have a service and that service crosses the boundaries, it's geographically dispersed, it's it's on the cloud, you still need to understand whether the service is on or off. So if you have, I don't know, IPsec tunnels to, to, towards the service, so towards the cloud, this this IPsec tunnel is your your connection, your link. You have to monitor it as well. If you have the connectivity towards the cloud, that's pretty much the same kind of uh, kind of networking as the the legacy. I wouldn't say legacy, but it's the old underlying network. It's still the network. It's just realized in a different way. So you have to monitor it the same way you do for, for the underlay and you did for the past 20 mm. years. Yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense the way that, that, that you would 
think about it that way because because you have to. That that is there is no more choice in the matter. And I suppose uh, you you made the bold claim we can deal with any cloud. Well, right. If there's an API out there, you're very comfortable with dealing with. APIs pulling in that data and presenting it. So I'm assuming that's that's the magic there. Um, there's an API on whatever the cloud is, and therefore you can access that network data and integrate it. Is that a? Am I thinking about that about right? Yeah, exactly. Because nowadays APIs are are more and more common. They are used. Whatever there's API, you can get the data. If you can get the data, you can put it into the monitoring system. If you can put it there, you can analyze it, make correlations, and give the the answer. Mm. And more importantly, I don't have to rely on a vendor to do it for me. They might a vendor takes a certain op, look at their devices or their networking services that they offer you, right? So if you're monitoring an MPLS network, most each vendor has their own way of implementing their monitoring systems, and that's how. And you just get to suck it up. You just get to take whatever they give you. Whereas what you want sometimes is to do some customization, and I, I think. Having someone like Codalime in your toolkit means I can go to you and say, can you take this data that they're providing me but represent it in a different way so that I can see it differently? Exactly. Um, again, I'm sh- pretty sure that I can say more about it, but this is mm. this is what, what you get. You have the data. The data is there. You can get it why, why, one way or the other. That's it's not that really important because we were talking about these adapters we can write, so we can use them to get the data, but it's completely other story what to do with the data. You have the data, but you still have to have the intelligence behind that to make it useful for your for, for your for your customers. We can look at that, okay, like our layer that we can add to this is like a glue. It's kind of hybrid view, hybrid map, uh, heterogeneous topology, however you call it. So this will be your uh, starting point in our in the system. Hmm. From this point, you can drill down, or you should be able to re- drill down to any sub-environment specific data. Is that an adapter, or is that an, another monitoring tool, etc.? That's all. Hmm. So you hmm. you have access to everything. And again, just the way we we engage with Codalime, so often people come on one of the Packet Pushers podcasts and are talking about a product, but the product here is. Codalime's development team building a custom solution for you. It's not buy this tool that we're selling you and do a thing with it. It's it's a it's a fully custom solution that you're ultimately building for your customer. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't sell products. To to, to, yeah. to be to be fair and straight, we don't sell products. We we sell the solutions, which yeah. is yeah. customized, which is fit for purpose, which is built on purpose, which can which we are very flexible in building. So that is why I said that first thing that we do, we analyze. We analyze what is going on uh, in a new customer environment. Yep. Mm. Mm. And it's tricky, isn't it? I just wonder how many times you work with customers and they've never done customization before. Uh, It can be tricky to, after years and years of just buying something off the shelf and then using what's made available to you, SNMP, like you said, or you know, whatever the command line is, actually doing customization is a tricky thing. You need to be very careful about what you ask for because everything that you ask for, you can have. You need to be smart enough not to buy everything or ask. Sure, it is tricky, but most often uh, people uh, start to look for another solution or to enhance their solution when they got some failure and they didn't know about it. So when you had experienced something like that, 
then you start to look, okay, we are missing data. We see only parts of our system, but we couldn't predict that on, let's say, Black Friday, uh, it won't work. Right, getting into that predictive um, model of things, so, uh, which actually just triggered something in my mind here. Okay, we were talking about cloud, integrating a whole bunch of different systems into one one viewpoint, one understanding of how things are working as a system. Does Kubernetes factor into this at all? Uh, because if if I am leveraging Kubernetes, that impacts everything we just talked about because things change and things are dynamic. They are. It is, but it's pretty much the same. I mean, you're right. From Kubernetes, this is what I said, especially on the on the, on the public clouds where you have, let's say, I wouldn't say unlimited, but almost unlimited resources. So you you can move things around, or rather, not you move. They move move themselves around. You don't you never know where everything is. That's why the monitoring is quite important. But at least one thing that it's easier here regarding this predictive uh, uh, predictive stuff and and uh, and planning is that when you use Kubernetes, which can scale itself, or the, the workloads can scale if this is needed. So this is you don't have to care about prediction much. It will almost always work. You only have to monitor how much resources you are using and as a result, how much you will pay for it, right? It's completely different stuff when it comes to the, I would say, underlay, where you have to work on the capacity planning in advance because the investment process takes time, takes money. Uh, so it's it's still the same monitoring process. You just have to use it in a different way. It, it, that's right. Yeah, you end up with two two different perspectives on the same thing. On the one hand, you need to have capacity available for Kubernetes to leverage. On the other hand, Kubernetes as a schedule, if you've built out your workloads correctly, it's going to scale automatically for you as long as it's got uh, resources and capacity to draw from. So, so do you actually talk to a Kubernetes cluster? Can that become part of my monitoring, or is it something that you're you know kind of aware of but it's off to the side? Basically, we work with all with, with with all kind of I would say systems or platforms. Kubernetes being one of them, but the same way we can use I don't know Tank, for example. So from our perspective, we we work we integrate. It's not even that we choose only one and integrate the monitoring system or even in, into the solution. We just use we just use uh, we are used to working with all of them. We just integrate it into one from the user per perspective. Although it shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't matter whether they hold their workloads on the Kubernetes or OpenStack or even bare metal servers. From their perspective, they should know only do we have the resources or not, or we will run into an issue in five minutes. I mean, you're making it sound like it doesn't matter what the platform is, you can deal with it. And, and I get that, that that's the point. But that is that is a big claim. In other words, the number of systems and the number of data points that you're talking about integrating and presenting a monitoring interface to the customer, that's a really big deal and difficult to integrate. And large networks will hire teams of people internally who are dedicated to doing nothing but that um, it, because it's that challenging of a thing. And, and this is one of the things you folks are able to do. That's why I want to drill on that Kubernetes point because it's kind of we, a big we deal. are. We're not saying it's not challenging. I, what well, what I was what I meant was that it shouldn't be matter from the user perspective. Right. They shouldn't right. be caring how much work we put into, put into it to make it work. From their perspective, it should be just one click. 
but just that you can do it is a major um yeah is a of major course. selling yes, we point can do that, it. <laughs> hey if i talk to coda lime now that we've got kubernetes on board they can integrate that into our view as well which for someone who's unfamiliar that is not a, a minor undertaking kubernetes networking is it is uh entertaining shall we say <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i would agree <laughs> Yeah, there's so much opportunity for stimulation and excitement, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're reaching the end of today's show. I want to thank Monica and Edithya for coming on the show today to talk about CodaLime and the sort of idea that about building custom software and in the networking environment. It's I think this is quite a unique product. Uh, So, Monica, where can we find out more information about CodaLime? You can find all the information about Codiline on our website, which is codiline.com, which is C-O-D-I-L-I-M-E, hopefully I spell it right, .com. And obviously you can also read our blog, which is codiline.com slash blog, where we have some articles on what on things we've done, what, what things we are thinking, on the things we are thinking about. So I'm so I encourage you to, to visit that. That's right. Thanks very much for Codaline for sponsoring today's show. That's C-O-D-I-L-I-M-E dot com. Uh, so the blog post is actually quite interesting. They've got some useful articles in there that got me thinking about different ways where you could engage a development company to do something differently. And the one that uh, actually I haven't got yet read because it's quite long is uh, Programmable Smartnext Controlled by Onos Using P4 Programmability, which is talking about a, a project that Codaline delivered for a customer. Thanks very much to CodaLine for sponsoring today's show. Without them, we wouldn't be here to be able to bring you this uh, a wide range of fine, free technical podcasts and along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. We just couldn't bring them to you without our sponsors. You can follow the Packet Pushers on Twitter as at Packet Pushers. You find us on LinkedIn and like us on the Facebook if you must. And last but not least, remember that too much technology would never be enough.